Hello, everyone. Welcome to Not Enough Napkins, the podcast where we soak up the flavors of various tastes from tacos and burgers to ramen, Afro-Asia fusion cuisine, and more. I'm your host, Kadeem Lundy. I may not be a chef. I may have never worked in a restaurant, but I love food. I love cooking. And I love exploring the New York City culinary scene. So if you're looking for recommendations for good places to eat, I got you. So follow me, listen, and get ready to explore more tastes, more flavors, and ask for more napkins. We're going to be talking with different chefs, different culinary innovators, restaurant owners, food truck owners, and more. So stay tuned. So as I was planning this podcast episode, and I was thinking about topics to discuss and doing my research, came across that June is actually National Soul Food Month. So in June, we celebrate soul food, which are traditionally food items that have been traditionally prepared by African-Americans. So soul food started in the South, but now it is present in all areas of the United States, as well as around the world. So some soul food I enjoyed growing up was fried chicken, baked macaroni and cheese, candied yams. So those are some of the dishes that I wanted to talk about with this podcast on the first episode to celebrate National Soul Food Month, as well as the holiday of Juneteenth, which is also in June. And in Juneteenth, we celebrate the emancipation of slavery when the slaves were freed in 1865. What is soul food? What we're going to figure out is soul food actually changing from what Black ancestors created many, many, many years ago. Is it still the same as a traditional soul food? Or is there a type of new soul food or soul food fusions going on nowadays when we have different cultures exploring their takes on what was considered soul food? So when we have different individuals from different cultures actually influencing soul food now, is that changing the meaning of soul food? So we're definitely going to look into that today on this episode of the podcast. So we have Chef Claude Booker that's going to be coming on later on in the episode. And Chef Claude Booker, he created his own brand of soul food seasonings that you can buy in stores called Soul Food Starters. So with Chef Claude Booker's Soul Food Starters, he's giving away where you can experience the traditional soul food flavors at home by purchasing his Soul Food Starters kits, which includes seasonings for baked mac and cheese. It includes seasonings for collard greens, and it includes seasonings for candied yams. So those are some of the signature seasonings that Chef Claude Booker has in his brand. And so we're going to bring him on a little bit later in the episode, and he's going to talk about his brand, and he's going to talk about soul food and the meaning of soul food, and is it actually still the same? Is it still changing? And what is the future of soul food, or what is the future of Black traditional food? There are a lot of soul food restaurants in New York City. There are a few in Brooklyn, such as the Soul Spot, and then there's a lot in Harlem. Harlem is pretty much the epicenter of soul food. There's Sylvia's, there's Melba's. There's Amy's Roofs. There's Charles Pan Fried Chicken. Out of those ones, my favorites are Amy Roofs, Charles Pan Fried Chicken, and Melba's. So the first time I went to Amy Roofs, which was about eight years ago, I went because I had heard a lot about it. I had heard that it was one of the famous New York City soul food restaurants that you got to try. And I had waited years and years and years to actually try it. And then one day I was with a friend and I told him, I said, you know what, let's go to Amy Roofs and check it out. So we went up to Harlem. We're both from Brooklyn, and we went into Amy Roos, and when I ordered the smothered chicken. So whenever I go to a restaurant, I usually get the regular chicken wings or the regular chicken thighs, but I decided to get the smothered chicken on the menu. So the thing about Amy Roos's menu is they name their menu items and menu entries 
after famous black entertainers and black politicians. So on the menu, for example, they have the Barack Obama special, which is the smothered chicken or the fried chicken. And then they have these fried or smothered pork, which is the Gabrielle Union. And for fish, they have the fried whiting, which is Michelle Obama. So you have Barack Obama for chicken and you have the Michelle Obama for the fried whiting. You also have the Al Roca short ribs and the Ruby D catfish. Amy Roos have signature sides when you actually get your meal. So you can choose from the signature sides such as the baked mac and cheese, or you can choose some vegetable sides if you want. And they have like collard greens. So it's your pick. I got the baked mac and cheese because I love baked mac and cheese. And I always think it complements chicken. So it was a great meal to complement it. And what stands out about smothered chicken is the gravy. So the key to having good smothered chicken is actually having good gravy with the chicken. Some places don't use good gravy. And I think what makes bad gravy for the most part is having gravy that's first off too salty or gravy that still has that type of floury taste since flour is a base of gravy. So some places that you go to, they don't actually fully cook out the flavor of the flour, unfortunately, or they make it too salty. The good thing with Amy Roos, neither that case is the issue. So it's not too salty and it's not too floury. The baked mac and cheese was pretty good too. The baked mac and cheese actually had enough cheese. So that's one thing that stands out. And that's one thing that I always look for when I look for mac and cheese dishes at places. I look for a place that actually uses enough cheese because some places that you go to, they kind of skimp on the cheese, which is a no-go. Can't have that. I kind of think I like Charles's pan fried chicken better than in Ruth's, however. Charles is a chain in New York City. It started in Harlem, and now they have four different locations in Manhattan. Unlike Amy Ruth's, Charles is not a sit-down restaurant, so you have to either take out your food or you have to order in advance or order for delivery. So you go, you go to the Charles's pan fried chicken, one of their four locations. You get the chicken. What makes the chicken at Charles's pan fried chicken unique is that it's traditionally cooked the way old school cooks used to make chicken in cast iron skillets. So now where all the cooks are using deep fryers, Charles's, he goes old school and uses cast iron skillets. So when you go to Charles Pan Fried Chicken, you will see the fried chicken cooking in big, big cast iron skillets. Also, what the cast iron skillets does is it adds extra flavor because the flavor of the chicken, every time it's cooked, every batch that's cooked, kind of bakes into and infuses into the cast iron skillet. So when you get a piece of chicken from Pan's Fried Chicken, you're actually getting chicken that has been infused with years and years and years of flavor from the pan. So the first question I will ask you, Chef Booker, is how do you define soul food? Awesome. Great question. Well, soul food to me, first of all, is comfort food. And it's prepared and eaten primarily by African-Americans. And when you think about soul food, it has this rich oral history, you know, that we pass down, you know, these recipes for generations orally. And, you know, I'm from rural South Carolina, and soul food originated from the South, from enslaved Black folk. And it has a really big influence inside of it, of West African cuisine. And a little bit, though, from Native Americans. So soul food is comfort food that's really has West African roots. 
Yeah, I definitely could see that. I definitely could see that. And it's a really big cultural experience. So what was your first experience making soul food? Well, cooking with my uh, father and my grandmother, the same items that we actually grew in our gardens. So we grew everything from collard, squash, okra, every bean you could think of from butter beans to black eyed peas. And so our garden was our grocery store. So you had to learn at an early age how to cook those wonderful items. Definitely. So I used to read a lot of cookbooks as well when I was growing up. I remember when I was a kid, actually, my grandmother, she had the Patty LaBelle's cookbook. And I remember that was a big thing. So I was always going through her cookbook to try to make some foods when I was younger. So like I was once started like food journey early in terms of like trying to learn how to cook and things. It was always about, you know, watching my family cook, especially on holidays. And so my next question is, how did you develop your brand? Okay, another great question. Well, the first thing was, you know, I really wanted a brand that spoke to Black folks, you know, and what that meant that it had to be, Kadeem, it had to be authentic. And a lot of folks have actually tried to create stuff that speaks to Black folk, right? But it just wasn't right. And the honesty I love about African-American folks, they'll tell you when it ain't right. And so that was my first mission to do that. And then, you know, once I got the product right, I knew I needed to be able to develop the brand. When you saw that brand, you needed to know what that product did. Like, for example, the collard greens, I made sure I had hands. So in every single one of our different packages, we highlight the hands because it kind of speaks that, you know, that you're kind of getting in there. And then, you know, I knew this was, you know, had premium ingredients and I wanted it to look like a luxury brand. It was soul food. And so what I wound up doing was looking at brands like Chanel and St. Lauren and Prada. And the one thing that I noticed that all of those luxury brands had was they had this really cool typography, right? That black kind of typography. And once we created all of that, it just worked because it spoke to black folks. And the thing that I really loved was they told me, and I'm talking about established cooks. They all said, you know what, book, I, I was doubting it, man. That is amazing. And that's when I knew I had created something that would really be a brand that black folk would really be proud of. All righty, definitely. And so... Your brand, you use traditional flavors of soul food classics like mac and cheese, peach cobbler, candied yams, and collard greens to market. What do you consider the traditional flavors of those items to be? Okay, so like, let's take the first one, mac and cheese. It's got to have, for me, notes of sharp cheddar because growing up back in the day, you know, I'm 55, and everybody back then got blocks of cheddar cheese that the government you know, provided. And whether you received it or not, it was so much that folks were provided. And so everybody in my part of South Carolina, their macaroni and cheese had that sharp cheddar. So that's what I kind of look for for tradition for me. Somebody else may be three, four, four different cheeses. And then collard greens, you know, it's got to have for that traditional flavor, it's got to be smoky. And that smokiness from the, you know that slow cooking creates that pot liquor that's got to be right, and so that for collard greens I look for you know a really delicious broth or pot liquor and smokiness, and then candy yams 
to me, tradition is you got to bake it, right? Because it'll create that coating and that glaze. And there's nothing wrong with doing it on the stovetop. But for me, tradition and that flavor and glaze can only come from baking the candy yams. And then peach cobbler, come on. If, if you don't have enough crust with your peaches on that, on those bites, it ain't right. Definitely, definitely. And so how do you see soul food evolving? Like, how do you see the idea of soul food evolving? Because we're always, usually there's a lot of culinary fusions after years and years and years of different chefs and different cooks making things. So what would you say your take is on how do you see soul food evolving? As more African-Americans look for cuisines and products that speak to us, like kind of what we're doing, you know, I feel like we are creating the blueprint to say, you know what, be bold and, and let's do our product. You know, we're 14% of the population. We've got a tremendous economic span of one, you know, 1.8 trillion. And when I see the strength of our voice, we should have a spot just like you see Hispanic cuisine and Asian cuisine. They've got categories. We don't have one. So I see it evolving not only in us as, as African-American consumers demanding it. I see grocery stores are saying, hey, there's a missed opportunity. We, th this is an incredible cuisine that built this country. We need to embrace it. So I see it becoming very traditional for everybody and welcome. And so what's next for your brand? Are you going to be making different seasonings for different items as well? or? Yeah, so that's exactly right. I'm going to be expanding the offering. We're going to be doing more traditional things. We're, we're going to create incredible starter for sweet potato pie, banana pudding, you know, green beans. And also, though, because how important vegan is in our culture and so many folks, we're going to have an incredible uh, vegan complement to our traditional soul food items. Definitely, definitely. Vegan is a big trend, so I think that you'll do very well with that area, moving into the area. And it's not something that is actually too filled up yet. So That's right. That's right. That's right. Definitely. So what else do you want to share with us about your brand or product? Yeah, and one thing also I'd like to share before we go, I am hoping that I become a catalyst for so many other great, you know, cooks and chefs and novice, right, that have an incredible family recipe to show them that, you know what, you can also go to market with it and be successful. And I want to be the blueprint for folks to, to step out on faith and do it. Definitely, definitely really inspiring. Definitely inspiring. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Hope to talk to you again another time or actually meet in the future in person or actually get to try some of your stuff like you have to make it for me. Like use uh maybe have a tasting if you ever have a tasting in Ohio or New York. Once it comes out, I'll be definitely trying it out. And listen, you'll be ready for Juneteenth. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking to make sure I'm ready for Juneteenth because I when I saw your brand, I'm like, yeah, I definitely need some good mac and cheese and some candy yams and peach cobbler. There you go. All righty. Well, awesome. Well, it was a pleasure, and thank you for uh, allowing me to to share my story. Thank you. One thing I do want to mention, though, if you are making mac and cheese, I prefer Sargento or Kabat cheese. If you like Kraft and Kraft is your thing, definitely go for it. But I do recommend go get some Kabat or get some Cracker Barrel cheese. Cracker Barrel cheese goes pretty good in there as well. Or the good old Velveeta or balance it out, mix it up. So you can mix some Velveeta with some Cracker Barrel or you can mix Velveeta with Sargento. I usually do that when I make my mac and cheese. And 
go have fun with it. We can't have good soul food without something good to wash it down with. When you're eating good soul food, I recommend grab an Arnold Palmer. If you don't know what Arnold Palmer is, that's just simply iced tea mixed with lemonade. So you get equal parts lemonade, equal parts iced tea, mix it together, and you got your Arnold Palmer. But as I mentioned earlier in this episode, we do have Juneteenth coming up, and we celebrate by enjoying different classical and traditional foods in African-American culture, such as soul food, of course, soul food and barbecue. And there are also beverages that are specific to Juneteenth that you can consume. And then Nicole A. Taylor, who's a author, she has a cookbook that she released called Watermelon and Redbirds. So it's a cookbook that details recipes where you can find recipes that help you celebrate black celebrations like Juneteenth, as well as other black cultural celebrations. And she includes drink recipes. She includes food recipes. She also gets a listing of businesses and brands that produce products such as sauces, hot sauces, and seasonings that are created by black indigenous people of color. And one recipe that she uses and includes within her cookbook, Watermelon Redbirds, is the Afro egg cream. So the Afro egg cream the signature ingredient is hibiscus. And the reason why the signature ingredient is hibiscus is because hibiscus is the color red and it symbolizes Juneteenth. So when we think about Juneteenth and we think about the celebration, red is a symbolism of Juneteenth. So we have red drinks when we celebrate Juneteenth. And when you prepare the African egg cream, you're using the hibiscus to give the red representation to celebrate the holiday. Hibiscus, as you guys may know, is a type of flower, and it's a little tart, but it's used in different juices, it's used in different cocktails, it's used in jams, it's used in many different ways. And you can mix it with different things and give it a different flavor, so I definitely recommend that you check it out. Usually when we think of egg creams, we just think of syrup and salsa, which is technically what a traditional egg cream is. But when you think of the African take of the egg cream, you add the hibiscus, so that gives it that cultural background. I think it's interesting. I've actually never had hibiscus in an egg cream. I don't think I would ever have thought about it before I was actually reading the book, Watermelon and Redbirds. I do drink a lot of hibiscus. I like hibiscus products, but I never thought about mixing it with an egg cream, so I'm definitely going to try that out. There's this new Hulu series that's timely, and I'm definitely looking forward to checking out, that celebrates soul food. And it's called Searching for Soul Food, and it was on Hulu, and it's created by Chef Alyssa Reynolds. So Chef Reynolds, she's actually a chef that's based in Los Angeles. She has her own restaurant called My Two Cents, and it is a soul food restaurant. But on the series that she created, what she does is she travels to different areas of the world to explore what their idea of soul food is. So Chef Reynolds, she goes to Italy, goes to Jamaica, she goes to South Africa, she goes to Peru. And she speaks with different cooks in those different countries to explore what exactly is their soul food. So whereas in America, our soul food is, of course, baked mac and cheese and collard greens and fried chicken. For example, when she goes to Italy, their soul food, for example, is like pizza. So she tastes different pizza when she goes to Italy. And that is what they consider soul food. Or she'll go to Peru and try one of their signature dishes and that is considered soul food, even though it's not what we consider our traditional soul food. And she explores, is their soul food better? Is their soul food worse? How much different is their soul food? Or is the soul food of different countries 
the future of soul food. So I'm definitely looking forward to checking out that series on Hulu starting on June 2nd. Not only am I looking forward to checking out the series, but I'm actually want to go and speak with Chef Reynolds herself. And also I want to try her food at My Two Cents when I go to Los Angeles. So I'm looking forward to that. June 2nd, check it out. The key to a soul food was explored when it looks in the documentary series is that the key element that makes soul food within any culture is the love prepared in making the food and delivering the food and the sustenance of sustaining the soul when those who consume soul food. So the key element that links soul food in every place, whether it's America, whether it's Italy, whether it's Japan, is the love prepared in making it as well as the love presented in serving it and the soul-filling substance that the food gives when you consume it. I hope everyone's enjoying some good old soul food. When you're celebrating your holidays or just enjoying soul food anywhere, remember to always enjoy with love, enjoy the sustenance, and always ask for new napkins. But stay tuned and don't worry because there's never not enough napkins. <laughs> <laughs>